When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Hey, let's go do our job, man. NFL Nation Two-A-Day. Time is here! On ESPN Radio. The New York Jets. Blue 58! Go! This is Rich Savini covering the Jets. It's all about Aaron Rodgers and how quickly he can galvanize the offense. Rodgers knows the system, and he has a close rapport with OC Nathaniel Hackett, but most of the players don't. Rodgers is very particular. He wants things run his way. The Jets are giving him that freedom. Actually, that's one of the things that appealed to him about the Jets. Right now, he's trying to be a mentor, teaching the young players. He's also learning about his new teammates. Which guys can he trust when it gets real? This is very much a feeling out process and a race against the clock for week one. The Jets also have some moving parts on the offensive line, which certainly doesn't help matters. Countdown to kickoff with NFL Nation Two-A-Days on ESPN Radio. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, and we are doing our Two-A-Days. This one is about the team that we're talking about every day on ESPN Radio. I'm Aaron Goldhammer, Michelle Smallman with you, and we are talking about the New York Jets it is all about Aaron Rodgers. You know what's funny? I think the defense, let's start with this actually, Michelle, because we've done hours of Aaron Rodgers talk already. Um, I think the defense and how they play is going to be almost as important to the success or failure of this team. They have to be at least as good as last year, if not even maybe a little bit better, I think in order for the Jets to go where they want to go. Couldn't agree more, Aaron. The Defense of the Jets is why they were even in a position last year to have any success. And I think most people thought before they acquired Aaron Rodgers, if they could just get competent quarterback play, if the offense could just be competent based on what we saw out of the defense, this is a team that could really be a threat. And then they go out and they add not only just a competent quarterback, they add someone with the caliber of talent and success that Aaron Rodgers has. That's when you have the standards being raised to astronomical levels. But the defense is is where the uh, success starts and ends for sure. All right. We did the obligatory minute not on Aaron Rodgers. Now we get back (laughs) to our originally regularly scheduled programming on Aaron Rodgers. See, I wonder, Michelle, how they're going to be able to overcome the circus that is their team. They're the training camp everybody wants to visit. They're the lead of every story. They're hard knocks. They're Aaron Rodgers. They're on Monday Night Football Week 1. Teams that generate this level of sideshow. In my experience, Michelle, it gets really hard for them to focus on the main thing, which is getting ready for Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills on that first Monday night, September 11th. Or it could be incredibly galvanizing because you... Realize that only these guys in this room understand what the pressure is like. And they have this narrative. Everyone's coming for us. Everyone thinks that we're going to fail. We are going to show them that we are real. You know, Aaron Rodgers is already leaning into that right now. And uh, so is Robert Sala. If you ain't got haters, you ain't popping. He's responding to Sean Payton. So while I do think the pressure 
could be immense, especially for an organization that hasn't won, been to the playoffs in 12 years, who's yeah. just looking to, to crack that, that playoff barrier, that threshold. Yeah. I do think Aaron Rodgers is such a proven commodity in this league that guys are going to get on board and fall in line with him pretty quickly and yeah. that it could actually end up being a really galvanizing thing for them. Do I have haters, do you think? For sure. Because I, I know I'm popping. I mean, but the real question to me is about the haters. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Everybody's saying Super Bowl or bust. I actually think if this team makes the playoffs for the first time in 12 years and just has an overall fun season, Michelle gives their sad sack Jet fans a fun <laughs> ride. I feel like that is success and victory in New York. Am I wrong? Um. You know what? I'm going to say you're right. And my opinion has shifted on this because mm-hmm. when Aaron Rodgers initially had said, I'm going to be here for two years, it would be a disservice to leave after a year. I'm paraphrasing here. I didn't believe him because this is a man who had to go into the darkness to determine if he even wanted to play this year or retire. Right. And they say, once you start thinking about retirement, you're basically retired. But he's put his money where his mouth is. After he took the $35 million off his contract, he restructured things, just his behavior and the way that he's acting. I really do think he's in it for at least a two-year runway, uh-huh. which makes me feel like if it's not Super Bowl this year, but they make the playoffs and the arrow is pointing up and we feel great heading into year two of the Aaron Rodgers experience, that that's yeah. a success. Yeah, it's easy to say, you know, you just want a fun year. Then if you get into the playoffs, you want to win every game, and certainly you want to win um, the last one. I, I don't judge Rodgers, I guess, Michelle, based on his numbers this year, like how many touchdown passes he throws, how many yards he throws for. And I think it's two things. It's a level of competency for an offense that hasn't had it from a quarterback in a really long time. Mm-hmm. And then it's a level of confidence that if they get the ball in a tie game with two minutes to go, that they're going to go down and score. And I think that's how I'll judge Rodgers more than any other quarterback this year. To me, I don't care whether he throws for 40, 50, 60 touchdown passes, whatever. I think that if he's the guy that the Jets can finally trust to go win the game at the end, I think that's what will determine for them whether or not this trade is successful. I also think it's going to be very interesting to see how quickly the offense finds cohesion, Aaron, because we are just assuming because Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers and Garrett Wilson is really talented. We're just assuming that everything's going to click right away. We heard Rich Samini say in the intro there that this is very much a process. It's a feeling out process. Aaron Rodgers wants things done his way. He is determining who he can trust, who he can't trust. He is still a human being. And sometimes there is a calibration period. Sometimes when you go into a new place, even though he's got Nathaniel Hackett there, who he's familiar with and comfortable with, it takes a while for everybody to get on the same page. And what's that going to look like if it takes a beat, Aaron? What's it going to look like if we don't see it translate immediately? Will Aaron Rodgers still be this amenable, positive, I love it in New York, everything is great guy? We'll find out. Which leads to our biggest concern. Aaron Goldhammer, Michelle Smallman with you. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Two a days. We're focusing today on the New York Jets. They've got a couple of new players, namely one who plays uh, quarterback. Um, to me, how they handle adversity is going to be really interesting because they, Michelle, don't have a really experienced head coach. Um, and I'm wondering if they're going to miss that at some point this year. Now, Robert Sala's done a great job so far of dealing with the distractions, but it's July 31st. So let's have this conversation in October, November, when we've seen them hit some bumps in the road. You know, what are they going to do when they lose two in a row mm-hmm. and 
everybody's talking about how the wheels have fallen off. What are they going to do if Rodgers doesn't deliver at the end of a game and throws an interception instead of the game-winning touchdown pass? Do they have the ability to make the main thing the main thing and to stay focused, or are they going to get distracted with what is going to be a circus around them, whether they're winning or losing? If you're winning, all of that is great. How they handle adversity is going to be fascinating to me. Absolutely. Um, In addition to that, I know that Aaron Rodgers takes care of his body. I know that he's incredibly motivated and um, that he's going to put himself in the best position to succeed, Aaron. But he's also going to be 40 years old this year. He's entering his year 40 season. He was down in some categories last year. And I am wondering if what we saw out of him last season at times was because of his circumstances in Green Bay or if it's because he's just getting to that point physically in his career. And that's something that I'll be paying attention to, the old father time narrative. That's going to be something worth noting. And what's been funny recently, even with Brady, but this is definitely the case with Peyton Manning and some of the other quarterbacks, Matt Ryan, who I don't even know if he's technically retired, but I think he is retired. Like, guys lose it fast. It generally isn't like a slow ride off into the sunset. Some of these quarterbacks, man, they're at the top of their game one day. And then you look at the next day and you're like, wait a second, this has totally come off the rails. I thought Rodgers had some real adversity to deal with last year. I mean, trading his best receiver and all of that was a real was a real problem in an adjustment period. But I also thought that he just didn't have the same aura about him that he had the two previous MVP years. And so I don't know that the Jets need him to be the MVP, Michelle. Like I said, I, I think they need him to deliver at the end of these games. But I don't know that they need him to be... Pat Mahomes, you know, up there getting the trophy, winning that award kind of thing. I don't know if that's the most important thing for them. I know he also dealt with the thumb last year, but as you get older, these things start to happen. There starts to be an erosion of the body, you know, and so I... Once the injuries start, they don't stop. So it's either going to be vintage Aaron Rodgers. He's healthy. He's motivated. We're going to see him looking great out there. Or it could be one thing after another. And I would rather see the great version, by the way. I'm cheering for success. I know you are. And I want to see the dumpster fire. But I just, (laughs) I really, you know, Aaron Rodgers has won playoff games with significant injuries before. It's funny, by the time you go through a season, most guys have, I'm not blaming the thumb for him having a bad year in Green Bay. That sounds like such a lame excuse to me. Patrick Mahomes went and won the Super Bowl on a severely sprained ankle. Like, what do you think this is? Everybody in the league, by the time you get to the end of the year, is injured. How important would the Dalvin Cook thing be for them? Would it change their ceiling to you at all? I think... As many weapons as you can put around Aaron Rodgers, yes, of course, it's going to shift my my perception of them. I think that they need all the help. If they're really Super Bowl or bust, they need all the help that they can get. So absolutely. Yeah. Also, remember, Brees Hall is probably going to start the year on PUP. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't I think having a good running game, I think Aaron Jones has proven that if you do that around Rodgers, that it really opens up a lot of things. So I'm interested to see what they do with the money that Aaron Rodgers gave back the thirty five million dollar pay cut that he took that is our two a day on the new york jets and wanted to spend some time now talking about the jonathan taylor situation and the zach martin situation as if the jets drama isn't enough we (laughs) go to the other teams that also have michelle a ton of drama on canty and carlin espn radio espn app i'm aaron goldhammer she is michelle smallman and we are presented by progressive insurance we asked mina kimes this question about the best guard or the best running back because jonathan taylor was a lot of people's first pick in fantasy last year. 
And people say Zach Martin is one of the best offensive guards, I think, like of all time. He doesn't have the name recognition. But I think NFL teams now definitely value the offensive guard position. Guard. Like, not tackle even. This is offensive guard (laughs) more than they value the running backs. I think so, too, because so much of the success in this league starts and ends with the quarterback. And you can't have success if your quarterback isn't protected. I mean, we saw Joe Burrow do it, but we how concerned were we every time Joe Burrow got hit during the playoffs two years ago? I, I just think that if you can protect your quarterback you're in a better position to win. And we've seen how the running back position has been more plug and play over the past few years. How, how I hate to say the erosion of the position because it's still a very valuable part of an offense, but it seems much easier to find a serviceable running back than it is to plug and play on the offensive line. I understand that, but I, I was always amazed that like I cover the Browns in Cleveland. They had two of the highest paid guards of all time on a team that went 0-16. Like, having a great guard, Michelle guarantees you what? Like, that you're going to block some guys? I I don't know. I don't minimize the importance of offensive line. I I think line of scrimmages. But I think now people are starting to overlook the value of having the best back in the NFL. You're telling me you'd rather have Zach Martin than Barry Sanders? Like, come on. That's just possibly hard to believe. Okay, but on the other end of that spectrum, I also covered a terrible team in the St. Louis Rams that went 15 and 65. And they had Steven Jackson, who was an amazing running back. And they did not have an offensive line to protect Sam Bradford. And they could not find any success because they couldn't get their quarterback protected. I mean, as a fan, though, at least having somebody to go out and get excited about watching, somebody that can actually take the ball and matriculate it down the field into the end zone. I'm just surprised at how quickly the entire world has dismissed the idea that a good running back can really be that helpful. And I, I, I know that they're replaceable, and I get that that's why their value has been diminished. But I cover a team now who I, that has Nick Chubb on it. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you this, every time he gets the ball, I think he might go for a touchdown. And there are only a few guys in the whole NFL that are like that. And I bet you that on Friday night, before the Browns play the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday, September 10th, that the defensive coordinator of the Bengals, Lou Anarumo, is going to be up all night worrying about Deshaun Watson, but also really worrying about getting gashed by the best back in football. And I don't know that Anarumo is like, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to do? We're going up against Quentin Nelson this week. Joel Batonio is really taking it to us. I'm not saying they're not important. I'm just saying we've all minimized now and pooped on the running backs enough. Like I, I think that they are still important and valuable. Earl Campbell was, Walter Payton was, Emmett Smith was, Barry Sanders was. And I, I wonder if at some point this year one team is going to come out and just start running the ball right down everybody's throat and prove again that that is a way that you can win. The San Francisco 49ers have been doing it for how long? If their quarterback had gotten hurt, they could have won the Super Bowl doing that, basically, Michelle. Right, but those guys you mentioned, the the Barry Sanders and the Walter Paytons, they didn't have quarterbacks that were this mobile. And I think that that has allowed for the position to evolve in a way when you have a quarterback that can also get the job done with yeah. his legs. Do you really care about having a Nick Chubb on your team if you've got Justin Fields that can run it? I would rather have somebody that could protect him and open up those holes for my quarterback. And I'm not saying that they're they're not necessary because having a guy like a Nick Chubb or a Saquon Barkley, a Jonathan Taylor, a Derrick Henry, a guy that can absolutely put a game on his back and break yeah. it open at any time. It's like having a great so valuable. 
Yeah, it, it, it's I, I, so valuable. But, but ha- having a good closer only matters if your team is good enough to get you the lead into the ninth inning. Otherwise, you're like that guy the Cardinals just traded that you were complaining about before the Jordan. Uh, what's his Jordan? Jordan Hicks. Jordan Hicks who throws 102 miles an hour, but his team's not good enough to ever put him in position to get a save. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Michelle Smallman. Um, What about... um, I can't believe I'm going to ask you this, and I have a feeling I know the way you're going to answer. Best running back in the league or best kicker in the league? Oh, God. Justin Tucker or the best running back in the league? I've just seen so many games lost in heartbreaking fashion when you don't have the right kicker. But and you're I, telling me that the kicker uh, is now more important than the running no, back is? I, uh, I don't think so. Oh, but I also, perplexed you with this one. You really have, though, because the the kicker is very important. You're relying on the kicker a lot. Um, I would still rather have a top-tier running back, though. I, I As long as my you kicker is like mid. I mean, you're, as long you're, as he's mid. Well, because you're relying on him... Several times a game to get the job done, and if you have a kicker that can't do it, you are seeing immediate results of that. You are watching it on the scoreboard immediately have consequences when you can't have a kicker that can get it done. How many playoff games have we seen where when kickers can't do it, and that's how the game ends? And Justin Tucker is just automatic. He made a sixty-six yard field goal to win a game. Sixty-six yards. What do you think the fans would say about the running back versus the kicker? I, I, I think that running backs are just getting totally diminished here. And you could find, Michelle, you could find somebody that could make a fifty-yard field goal out on the street. Like guys get. Oh, hurt, can we? Get, get, yeah, yeah. Team, well, teams cut their kicker if they miss a couple of kicks. If a running back has a couple of bad games, they don't get cut. It's not, I think the, didn't the, the Bears the try that where they tried to get somebody off the street and it didn't really work out so well. That, who, that Cody Parkey guy, the yeah. double doinked? No, remember after the double doinked, they had kind of an open audition. Remember that in the streets? <laughs> I don't think it worked out. I don't think no, they could I, pluck some random you, dude you're off mis- the street. You're misunderstanding. I, you, you can't pluck a random dude off the street to kick a 50-yard field goal. I'm saying there are guys available that are capable of doing it at all times. Maybe not to the level of Justin Tucker, but are we really at the point where we're saying that running backs are as replaceable as kickers? Because that's always been the most, like, I, I, when we watch practice, the kicker's not even on the team. Like, he's standing off on the side. I don't even, most of the players on the team probably don't even have his phone number, and they only talk about him or think about him when he makes or misses the game-winning kick at the end. They're not, is he even running with them? He doesn't hit anybody? Like, you know, Well, he's not in the trenches, no. You know, he's not with his, he's with the special teams guys. You know, there's different, there's different components to a team. But I think both are incredibly valuable, and I know that's not the correct answer that you want, but both are incredibly valuable. Not that we asked for this, but I guess the phone lines are filling with people that want to debate best running back or best kicker. Which would you rather have? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Don't let Jonathan Taylor or Nick Chubb or Saquon Barkley hear this next segment. For all of you saying that you think kickers are more valuable than running backs. Also, coming up... Talking about closers, which teams are going to make big moves at the MLB trade deadline and which teams already have made big moves? We talk about it. I'm Aaron Goldhammer, Michelle Smallman with you. Canty and Carlin's on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at betmgm sign up using code first take and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Much to our chagrin, you all want to talk about this, so I guess here we go. At Triple H, say ESPN, what would you rather have, best running back or best kicker? And Michelle is trying to talk you into... You keep hedging. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She's Michelle Smallman. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app. You've had now a few minutes to think about this. Best running back or best kicker? Where do you come out? I want both. But I do think that I would rather have the best kicker. If I know that the, the kicker is lights out and any time, no matter what the distance, we're going to be able to put points on the board, give me the kicker. David in Indiana is on Canty and Carlin. Hi, David. Hello, hello, hello. Don't I let Jonathan Taylor believe. hear you. <laughs> I cannot believe we're having this discussion. You've got to take the running back all day, every day. Why? Every day. Why? Because, first of all, kickers don't get first down. Um, a running back can always get six points in any situation. And I did come from Michigan, which I'm a diehard Detroit Lions fan, and Barry Sanders and all that, who didn't have a mobile quarterback, just like you're talking about, Michelle. But I'm going to pay to see Barry Sanders. I'm not going to pay to see Jason Hansen as a fan. But, Michelle, your point is, thank you for the call. Good call, David. 
Good your call. point. Your point is that uh, Jason Hansen wins and loses games on his foot. Correct. If the running back can get me those first downs and can get me in good field position, but my kicker mm-hmm. can't get the job done to put points on the board, what does it matter? Uh, let's say the running back cannot get the job done and get a touchdown. Okay, then you, you the kicker is impacting. Yeah. Every time you score, multiple times a game, you have to rely on your kicker. Not that you don't with a running back, but I guess my question would be, what's the construction of my team? What is my quarterback situation like? Do I have good wide receivers? There's a lot that goes into play here in this fictional okay, scenario. So, but I, me, I think a kicker. I would still go with a kicker. I'm sorry. And I'm, I apologize for interrupting you, which I think I've been doing all show. Um, uh, Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback, okay? I could, I guess, in that world, say that you'd rather have the kicker because you can put some yes. seventh round running back and then the kicker might decide whether or not you win the Super Bowl. But if you have uh, Jimmy Garoppolo as your quarterback, then you really need to lean on your running back more in the offense. And then that team's probably not going to the Super Bowl anyway, so you'd rather have the running back than the kicker. Yes, correct. If my quarterback is Patrick Mahomes, I am less concerned about having a tier one best running back in the game situation. I am more worried about having a kicker that can make sure to get the extra points when Patrick Mahomes scores for me. Triple eight, say ESPN, eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. I guess this is turning into a legitimate debate again, putting the running backs down. Katie is in Missouri, <laughs> joins us on ESPN radio. What's up, Katie? Hey, well, I was going to say you took some of what I wanted to say because I am from Kansas City. But, you know, for us, we don't need to have – we have, you know, I think it comes down to your coaches. You can have seventh-round draft picks. We don't have to have the best running back. Most teams don't have to have the best running back. Special teams, kickers, it's a third of the game. And right now you can find – if you have a good running backs coach – you can turn a lot of guys that nobody was looking at into great running backs. And honestly, you you know, being a kicker is a hot commodity these days. We went 13-3 and three in 1995, and we didn't want to pay Nick Lowry a million dollars. And it cost us going to the Super Bowl because Lynn Elliott missed four field goals against Indianapolis. All we had to do was pay our kicker, but we didn't. Katie, it's okay. You've won two of the last four Super Bowls, (laughs) so you don't need to lament what happened to your football team in 1995. (laughs) Thanks for the call. Uh, I can't believe that this is where we're at, but are we at a place now where the franchise tag for the kicker might be more than the franchise tag for the running back. Imagine, I guess, put put it if Justin Tucker hit the trade market, if he demanded a trade, I think a team might give up what to get him. Because we didn't think earlier Jonathan Taylor would net like even like a third rounder. I think yeah. a fourth would be the best. But if Justin Tucker was about to get traded, dare I say you might be able to get a first round pick for him, no? Probably. And you also have to think about longevity, durability. I'm, we're, there's so many things coming into play here. The, the running back's whole issue when they got on that group call, Aaron, was yeah. not only has the market devalued them and they feel like they're not getting paid what they're worth, but... Part of the issue that they have is if is if they produce, if their touches are up, if their yards are up, if all of the if they do their jobs, the analytics people are looking at the way running backs fall off after a certain point statistically. And they're saying, I don't want to bet on that. I don't want to give you more money because I think you have already hit your peak, whereas kickers. You know, that they're not getting hit, that they they're more they have more longevity than a running back does. 
if all this is true, why do we see two running backs go in the top 12, B. John Robinson at 8 and Jameer Gibbs to Detroit at 12? But we have never seen. I mean, there was one kicker that once went in the first round, and it was one of the most hilarious things that's ever happened in NFL draft history. Janikowski was actually pretty good, but it's one of the most absurd things that an NFL team has ever done. But then why are we having this conversation about all these running backs being unhappy and not getting paid? And there's not this big pushback around the league of teams being like, well, I'm going to pay Jonathan Taylor. I'll Saquon Barkley. Yeah, let let him hit free agency. I'll give a ton up for him. This is <laughs> all Michelle, of these you, guys are who are talented. Are you the kickers campaign that really no. the kickers are the ones who are underpaid? No. And I do think running backs are important, but I also think kickers are people, too. Um I just think that we are seeing a shift in the way running backs are viewed. And whether that is correct or not, I don't think it's... It's still very valuable to have a running back. You can't tell me that it's not valuable to have Derrick Henry on your team. That you're not a better football team with Derrick Henry as your running back. But what is the dollar amount that's assigned to that moving forward when you have all of these other positions that you have to account for? Derrick Henry or Justin Tucker? Oh, uh, I'd, I'd take King Henry. Chris in Minnesota is on ESPN Radio. What's up, Chris? Hey, guys. How's it going? We're great. What do you got? Hey, uh, I, I feel like a running back, you know, you, you take a top-tier running back, um, he's going to be way outproduced more than any any second or third level or running back by committee person. The value of what, what you'd get from a top-tier kicker versus a middle-line kicker. So, so to have the running back there, that, that's a definite need. You, you, take, you take the running back because we're saying in their prime, um, a running back is going to give you a lot more, like you said, Derrick Henry over, over Justin Tucker. It, it's just kind of a given that that running back is far more valuable yeah. in the grand scheme of a game, although the important point at the end of the game, but if you don't have any running back to get you to the end of the game, it doesn't matter. Chris, I think you're right in the sense that, um, look, Running backs are on the field for how many plays? Kickers are on the field for how many plays? Michelle, a kicker might be on the field for seven plays in a game. But every time the kicker is on the field, they have an opportunity to put points on the board. No, well, on a kickoff, they don't have an opportunity to put points on the board. Oh, well, yes, of course. Um, But I, I, yeah, when they're on the field to try to attempt either an extra point or a field goal, they're all scoring plays. But Derrick Henry, you might see on the field 40 plays over the course of a game. Whereas most of the game, Justin Tucker standing over there eating a hot dog. Triple eight, say ESPN, eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Steve is in North Carolina's on ESPN Radio. Hey, Steve. Hey, how y'all doing? What do you got? Go ahead. Listen, listen. Okay, just we 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 need a little bit of history in football. Football started with all these positions that we claim that we you know I know they wanted an offensive pass happily, but it, y'all both y'all know that if you I'm gonna give you a prime example. If you got a lead in a game, and it's like, if you don't have a running game, anybody can come back on you. True. The running game is what sustains some leads. You got to keep a running back. I don't know where this comes from. True, true. I, I, that's right. And remember, too, what part of what Steve is saying, I think also, Michelle, is, look, if you're playing in Green Bay in January, mm-hmm. if you're playing in Buffalo in December, you've got to be able to run the football. Didn't the Patriots win a game a couple years ago against the Bills in Buffalo where the wind was blowing 60 miles an hour, and I think Mac Jones threw three passes in the game. Yeah, ground and pound, right? <laughs> I mean, run the ball, play good defense. It's what the NFL used to be all about. Triple H, say ESPN. Up next, 
Why did a team a half a game out of a playoff spot trade their most effective starting pitcher this season? It was kind of weird. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She's Michelle Smallman. Canty and Carlin rolls on on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Time to earn some cash. The taste of money, the smell of wealth. Canty and Carlin's best play of the night. The taste of money. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app. We're on Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm Aaron Goldhammer with Michelle Smallman. We are presented by Progressive, and it is time for our play of the night. And, Michelle, I'm going back to the well with the Women's World Cup, which has okay. not been great to me thus far, but I think I've got a winner. I think Portugal and the United States will tie in this game at 3 o'clock in the morning. Some people will be waking up to watch it. I will not. Shout out to everybody on the West Coast that gets to maybe see it at midnight and you get to watch it as a part of your day. Really difficult time for a sporting event to start. 3 a.m. But I'll be waking up to see if my bet wins. Plus 480 for the tie. I feel like soccer games tie... Half the time you watch a soccer game, it's a tie. And Portugal's got to have a good team. Portugal is the country of uh, the, the, the Ronaldo. So they got to have a pretty good team, right? That's your, one. that's your reasoning that soccer games end in ties all the time and that 
Portugal has to have a good team. I love this. I love this. ESPN pays me a lot of money for this level of analysis. And Portugal and the United States will be tying. And we will all be winning at 3 o'clock in the morning Eastern time. Let's get to three and out. Sometimes it's the worst. Worst. Sometimes it's the best. Best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is... Three and out. Hammer and Smallman in for Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, and it's time for three and out. We were having the debate, would you rather have the best running back like Jonathan Taylor or the best kicker like Justin Tucker earlier in the show? Many people weighed in. I think Michelle has almost convinced herself that she would rather have the best (laughs) kicker, even though she answers this question different every time it's posed to her. But our producer, Harry Black, had a unique perspective on this and did a little bit of research. We bring Harry in to give us a little bit of expert analysis. Harry, go ahead. Okay, so the way I was thinking about it wasn't necessarily if you could only have one or the other, but it would be if you could have the best and then the absolute middle of the pack of the other position. So... Mm -hmm. Between these two, which would you guys rather have? Justin Tucker and Ramondre Stevenson, who is about, you know, 16th in the league, according to uh, PFF. Or Mm -hmm. would you rather have Cairo Santos, the 16th ranked kicker, and Derrick Henry? Michelle? And I think I would go with the top tier kicker. And the middle of the line running back. I think I'm going, I'm going with Tucker and Ramondre Stevenson. Because we've seen I that you trust, can have success with the middle-of-the-road running back. And see, I trust that Cairo Santos could get it done from 42 <laughs> yards with the game on the line. And I would, I think the distance between Derrick Henry and Ramondre Stevenson is, I get that it's arguable, but I think it's greater than the distance between Justin Tucker and Cairo Santos. And also, Justin Tucker is the best kicker, but who's, like, the second best kicker? Like, it feels like the variance in this. One year, it's Daniel Carlson. One year, it's this guy. One year, it's that guy. Like, Tucker is a historically great kicker. You put him up at the top of the list, but it feels like beyond that, the kickers are a little bit all over the place. One week, they're the hero. One week, they're the goat. Mm -hmm. They're getting a contract extension. They're getting cut. There aren't a lot of reliable ones beyond just Justin Tucker. Yes, but I still think that it's being proven in the NFL that you don't need that number one top tier running back in order to have an effective offense. I think that's what the problem is. That's why these running backs are all galvanizing together and trying to figure out a pathway forward to get themselves paid. Because even for the Jonathan Taylors of the world and the Saquon Barkleys of the world, they're they're being viewed as disposable. All right. Well, Harry and Michelle are getting the kicker Zoom call together to talk about how (laughs) underpaid they are and how disappointed they are. Elsewhere, the Tampa Bay Rays making a trade uh, today. They acquire Aaron Savali from the Guardians in a rare deadline trade between two teams with playoff potential. You know, it's funny. The Guardians are in a horrible division. They're a half a game out of first place. And yet, Michelle, somehow they are sellers at the trade deadline, which is it's a tough one to explain to fans. And I'll leave it at that. Yeah, we're seeing teams that are on the cusp, like the Cubs, retaining Bellinger and going for it. You're seeing the Angels retain Shohei and get Lucas Giolito and going for it. Why do the Guardians not have that same mentality, Aaron? You have feet on the ground there. What's the deal? I think they know that their team isn't very good. And the only reason they're a half game out of first place is because they're in one of the worst divisions that sports has ever created. (laughs) 
The Royals stink. The Tigers are horrible. The White Sox are just awful, even though they're supposed to be good and they have some talent. And then, you know, the Twins just keep stepping on it. They, they win four, they lose four. They win two, they lose two. Both of these teams are hovering right around 500. And I think today the Guardians handed the division to the Minnesota Twins and said, okay, guys, if you want the path into the playoffs, go ahead and take it because we think if we got there, we wouldn't really have a shot. It's tough to explain that philosophy, though, to like my wife's grandmother, who's 92 years old and remembers the 1948 world champion Cleveland Indians and has been waiting for another baseball title for her. I know I'm going to be on the phone with her later trying to explain how they gave up their best pitcher for a prospect they're hoping can help them in two years. And she's going to say, I might be dead in two years. And she's not lying. <laughs> she might be. And she wants to see them win a championship now. So it's going to be a little tough to explain to a fan base that is uh, focused on what Deshaun Watson is doing at training camp right about now. Yeah. Um, feels like a vicious Michelle, cycle. A pretty- yeah, that that's how you go 77 years without winning a championship. Up next, Joe and Amber Wilson will have you on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Michelle Smallman. This has been Canty and Carlin. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.